Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot. And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We've made it to Thursday. We're a day away from the final Friday night of high school football here in southern Indiana and a big weekend for IU football, the game with Maryland at home. And, of course, just another day closer to the start of the basketball season. And, of course, Indiana, a favorite by most in the Big Ten Conference. But glad to have you with us. We do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m. And if you miss the live program, you can always find us as a podcast All you have to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you find a podcast or listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. Love to get questions, comment, input from you guys, our listeners. And your way to do so during this program each and every day is send a text to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, and Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Again, get your question, your comment ready, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Uh, Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. In segment one, we've got a couple headlines and some interesting stuff today. Uh, More on the Indiana-Kentucky series potentially returning to campus sites and neutral sites, according to a report yesterday that broke during our program, so we'll recap that for you. Also, the NCAA tournament. Could it be time to expand the NCAA tournament? It was brought up yesterday by the ACC commissioner, and so we'll discuss that today as well. A couple IU notes and a local note on high school soccer as well. Boy, Christian Academy of Indiana having really a historic season when it comes to their boys' soccer team, and we'll tell you about that a little bit uh, later in the program as well. Uh, Later in the show, Alex Bozich inside the hall is with us. Alex will join us to talk IU basketball and more in his segment. Always good stuff from Alex when he is with us. And then later in the hour today, Matt Weaver, the football writer for Peaks.com. He will join us as we get ready for IU and Maryland coming up on Saturday afternoon, a 3.30 kickoff in that game. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. All right, yesterday during this show, there was a little bit of breaking news from John Rothstein, who is a national college basketball insider. You might remember John's name He recently had Mike Woodson as his featured guest on his podcast, and 
I highly recommend John's content. Good stuff to get you excited and ready for the upcoming season. He has a lot of the top co coaches in the country uh, on his program. But according to him uh, in his report yesterday, the series between Indiana and Kentucky is imminent, and there's advanced discussions on it returning very soon. <clears throat> it could include both games on campus and at neutral sites as well. And the on-campus stuff is a big surprise. The fact that the series in general is returning to possibly neutral sites isn't as big of a deal. We've heard rumblings of that recently. I think it's been something we've talked about for a few weeks now. But games on campus, uh, not expected. And so I think that adds a whole other element to things. Uh, when could this series start? Could it begin as soon as next season, a year from now? Uh, would it be a couple years from now? I think no matter when it begins, it's great for the series. It's great for college basketball. Even better if occasionally it's on campus. Uh, can you imagine trying to get a ticket to IU Kentucky at Rupp Arena in Lexington or at Assembly Hall in Bloomington? Uh, I can't, and I can't imagine what the environment would be like, especially after all these down years where the series has been idle. Kentucky does lead the all-time series with Indiana 32-25, I looked that up yesterday. The two teams have not played a regular season game since 2011. Of course, that was the Watt shot uh, by Christian Watford, the buzzer beater that beat the then number one Wildcats. Uh, but their most recent game, 2016 NCAA tournament in uh, Iowa. Indiana won that game, 73-67. That was a huge win for the IU program uh, at that time. Also, uh, Interesting to look at what other people say about IU in the Big Ten. IU has almost been a unanimous choice to win the Big Ten Conference this year. There have been just a few dissenters that think maybe Illinois or maybe Indiana won't get it done, but maybe Illinois will be the team. And CBS Sports and David Cobb, they put out their Big Ten preview yesterday. <clears throat> a lot of good news for Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis is the CBS Sports Big Ten preseason player of the year. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, Chris Murray, and Tyler Wall of Wisconsin also on the preseason, all I guess you could call it all preseason team. Uh, the freshman of the year uh, in the Big Ten Conference, according to CBS Sports, Jalen hood Shafino. So he continues to get high praise from a lot of people around college basketball. So it's pretty impressive. you got your key returner, TJD, back as the preseason player of the year. You've got Jalen hood Shafino coming in as the preseason freshman of the year. But in the CBS Sports Big Ten predicted order of finish, they have Illinois just barely over Indiana. They mentioned it was close, but obviously Indiana, uh, Illinois with some key transfers in. Uh, Terrence Shannon is uh, a big-time transfer from Texas Tech, a wing-type player that's coming in, as well as a player from Baylor named Matthew Mayer. And uh, Coleman Hawkins could be on the edge of a breakout a returning player for Illinois this season. So they are a very interesting ball club and could be Indiana's chief competition if they are going to have an opportunity to compete and try to win a Big Ten championship in men's basketball this year. Just in case you're curious, Illinois number one in this predicted order of finish, Indiana two, Michigan three, Purdue comes in at number four, Michigan State five, and Ohio State at number six to give you a look at basically the top half of the conference, Iowa 7. That does get you halfway through the conference as well. Uh, so just some notes on the Big Ten, taking it all in. A lot of projections out there. 
Most of them have Indiana as the preseason favorite. Ultimately, I think fans and, and folks like myself know that it doesn't really matter what the projections are. It matters uh, how you finish. Uh, and Indiana's going to be, I think, I think have a chance. Indiana's in the mix. They have a tough Big Ten schedule, the way things lay out, some of the home and away, the two series games. But uh, a real opportunity to be very, very competitive in conference play this year. And I know that everybody uh, excited about that, no question. Also, a couple other things to mention. ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said yesterday that he believes it's time to look at possible expansion in the NCAA tournament. What does that mean? What could that look like? Would you favor that? I mean, so much around college sports has changed. The transfer portal, NIL, the college football playoff system is on the verge of changing. Conferences are making big moves, and the whole layout of things seems to be under under fire, to be quite honest, with the NCAA. Is now the time to also make big changes to college basketball, the postseason? Uh, or is that a tradition that we should uphold no matter what other changes happen uh, in and around the sport. That's another conversation we'll have with Alex Bozich coming up a little bit later in the program today. But definitely uh, the ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips believes it's time. And I think it's interesting because, you know, the ACC at one time, and in some ways still is, a very important conference in college basketball especially. But as things trend toward the SEC and the Big Ten becoming the super conferences, I do think it's interesting that the ACC president is, uh, I think, at their media days speaking out about uh, his beliefs on what the NCAA tournament could look like or could expand to uh, in the future. One other local note, too, uh, try to highlight some of the different sports. I know we talk a lot of football, and we'll get ready to talk a lot of basketball coming up here in future weeks, but some of these small sports teams that are having success in the area, try to give them some love and some mention when I can, and I think Christian Academy of Indiana, their soccer program, their boys team deserves a mention. They are really in the middle of a historic season they won their first uh, sectional title uh, since 2011, and uh, now the Warriors will play Saturday for the school's chance at a first-ever regional championship after they defeated number 5 Switzerland County on Wednesday night. And it was the first loss of the season for Switzerland County. Uh, unbelievable. So a uh, big win for Christian Academy. They are playing great soccer at the right time of year. And uh, now the Warriors find themselves uh, in a regional championship game coming up this Saturday. First ever regional title, a, the potential for Christian Academy. So great to see those guys have some success and obviously a big win over Switzerland County last night in boys postseason soccer. High school football coming up this weekend. I know we talked a lot yesterday about what the weekend looks like and a layout of some of the, the games and the more interesting matchups. New Albany Floyd Central is one of those more interesting matchups coming up on Friday. It's a rivalry game. Uh, we'll see how competitive that game is. Also, Providence North Harrison, I've mentioned that game a lot. That's going to be a really good one. Those two are, I think, the games to focus on this Friday night, the final week of the regular season. Charlestown will host Eastern Pekin. Clarksville is at Switzerland County as they look to close out their regular season with a victory. Jeffersonville will play at Jennings County on Friday night, and also Silver Creek will be at Cordon Central to wrap up their regular season slate of games. It is hard to believe that we are headed to the postseason in high school football once we get through Friday night in those final games of the regular season. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. 
We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. You can send in your IU basketball questions and comments for Alex Bozich. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is next. IU basketball, the topic. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. On the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich inside the hall coming up on IU Basketball and Matt Weaver of Peaks.com still ahead later in the show on IU Football. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter writes, Tucker Biven pitching Friday at 5 o'clock at Jim Patterson Stadium in the University of Louisville's annual Pizza Bowl inter-squad scrimmage. Free admission. So, I had not seen that, but I know UofL baseball, of course, Tucker Biven, a New Albany alum, uh, getting a lot of action with uh, UofL this fall in some of their scrimmage games and now the Pizza Bowl at uh, Jim Patterson. So good to know that maybe there's a chance he pitches on Friday, and uh, good luck to him. Alex Bozich is with us right now to talk some IU basketball. And, Alex, I think we have a number of interesting topics to address today. And we'll start with Indiana and Kentucky. I know we came uh, across this a few weeks ago, and then yesterday I mentioned it when the news broke live on the show. But there's a great chance, it seems, that not only this series returns, but at some point on occasion the games could be played at Rupp Arena and Assembly Hall, which I think is great news for all involved parties. Yeah, Matt, it's uh, definitely a, a topic that we've talked about now for a long period of time just in terms of getting this series back on the schedule, and it seems like some progress has been made. Uh, if you follow college basketball reporting, John Rothstein is usually uh, as accurate as it gets, so uh, if he uh, reports it and says it's an advanced talk, I tend to put a pretty uh, large amount of stock into that, and uh, it's, it's definitely, I think, a topic uh, that's, drawn a lot of excitement from Indiana fans because it's a series that I think Indiana always wanted to continue, the fan base. Uh, it's a game that they look forward to on a, on a yearly basis. And the fact that we haven't had it now in the regular season since 2011, uh, you know, that's a whole generation of fans who are, you know, young kids, teenagers that grow, have not grown up seeing this game. So I think if uh, they can get it back on the schedule, I've always said I don't, don't really necessarily care where it's played, if it's played in Los Angeles or New York or Atlanta or anywhere, uh, just get the game back on the schedule because I think it's great for the fan base. So I think it's great for college basketball to yeah. have more uh, non-conference games that people care about. I got to tell you, I thought we would never see Coach Cal of Kentucky in Assembly Hall ever a game after the Watt shot and how things went in that contest and based on some of his con- uh, comments afterwards. But it seems like Something has changed. Uh, I think we all thought it was very likely with Coach Woodson at the helm. This series returned at neutral sites. But uh, I'm curious, we'll never know, but 
what could have changed or what could have happened to make these negotiations also include at times some campus games? Well, Matt, not to go all conspiracy theory on you or uh, say something that uh, that may not be true, but one thing I was thinking about yesterday as this kind of came out was I still want to see the dates for everything of when they plan to play these games. Obviously, nothing is agreed to, at least publicly at this point. I would definitely want to see uh, just in terms of when they plan to play these games uh you know, there, there could always be a chance that, you know, if it's scheduled in 2027 or 2028 to play in Assembly Hall, that who knows, John Calipari may not be the coach of Kentucky by that point. So that's one thing that kind of immediately popped in my mind. If this is, these are conversations that are maybe happening at the athletic director level, uh, that, hey, Mitch Barnhart and Scott Dolson may get together and say, hey, we're going to do this on these dates. And, uh, you know, five or six years from now, it's quite a long time for a coach. You know, John Calipari's already been at Kentucky for a long time. I don't know how much longer he plans to do it, but that's one thing that immediately popped into my mind was I just want to wait and see the dates of when the games are actually going to be uh, played uh, before I have it set in stone in my mind that John Calipari is actually going to coach a game at Simply Hall because I, realistically I don't know if that happens. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Any insight on when this series could begin? I know that the campus games, as you mentioned, could be sometime down the road, but is it uh, something that could begin as quickly as next season? Not sure on that. Uh, obviously, you've got next year, you got the Kansas game, and I believe uh, that Indiana is involved in a multi-team event uh, that's going to take them, uh, I believe, uh, to New York next season, uh, early in the season. My memory serves me uh, correctly based on some reporting that was done uh, by John Rossi and Indiana schedule, I believe, to be in the 2023 Empire Classic with Louisville, Yukon, and Texas. So you look at that, and uh, I don't know what the status is next year of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Obviously, with the Big Ten moving away from ESPN. I assume that's an event that may be going away. Uh, you've got the Gavit games still, so uh, not really sure in terms of timing, but um, you know, at the earliest, obviously, next season, but I could see it even being a little bit further down the road uh, getting it started. But just to, just to get it on the schedule again and have something to look forward to, regardless of when it happens, I think is a positive development for uh, Indiana and college basketball at large. Yeah, no question. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall, my guest. You can read his work at InsideTheHall.com and follow him on Twitter at InsideTheHall. A couple NBA things related to Indiana. Mike Woodson last night at the Pacers game in Indianapolis to watch his former team, the New York Knicks. He's continued to keep a close relationship with that organization. I think last season you and I had this conversation. There was a video maybe the Knicks put out of him returning to Madison Square Garden for the first time as the Indiana coach where the players came up and gave him a lot of love and seemed to be very, very happy to see Coach Woodson. Uh, that's all good mm -hmm. publicity for him and for IU and for recruiting. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a thing from a recruiting perspective that you have to embrace. You've got video of R.J. Barrett. Uh, he's a Montverde kid uh, going up and, and showing love to Mike Woodson. Uh, that's something you can send out to recruits. Julius Randle, the same thing. Obi Toppin, he kissed him on the head. So these are all guys that players coming through the ranks now know and uh, respect. And that's what really 
you know, at a program like Indiana, you want to recruit kids who want to get to that level. And uh, you, anything you can do to show that Mike Woodson has strong relationships on that front and uh, to make yourselves more appealing as a program to guys that aspire to get to the NBA, I think it's a positive thing. And I'm sure that those videos will be well circulated uh, via text or however Indiana communicates with its uh, prospects that it's pursuing uh, today and in the days to come. Absolutely. Alex, one other NBA IU-related topic. Uh, we, we, You and I were just exchanging some text messages on this here in the last uh, week or so, but Romeo Langford uh, getting some real run in the most recent uh, Spurs preseason game. He had 14 minutes, 14 seconds, a pretty productive stat line. He also finished the game with 11 points. I was concerned early on he wasn't getting much opportunity with the Spurs, even in some of these meaningless preseason games when starters are out or don't play very much, this is the time a guy like Romeo, you would expect to see him really get some opportunity to see what he can do for the upcoming year. And that just hadn't happened until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe good news for Romeo that he's uh, that he's had a good game, had, had some opportunity to get legitimate playing time? Yeah, we'll see. I've actually followed it pretty closely, um, getting into the the NBA season uh, this year a little bit. Uh, I've got league pass, so I plan to watch a, a pretty good amount of games, as many as I can with my schedule, but watch some preseason. I think I sent you a couple texts the other night. I was just a little bit baffled at the, the lack of opportunity that Romeo got, but then the other night he got a chance to get in there late, and uh, just based on a couple of Spurs reporters and things that I've been following on Twitter, it seemed like he was potentially one of the two or three guys that could be fighting for the last uh, roster spot, and we'll see uh, how that all shakes out. I think with the season opening up now uh, next week, I think on Tuesday, uh, we're going to start to get some answers soon on, on who's going to make the team. But it's, it's just overall um, just following Romeo's career as, as long as I have, and you've obviously followed it even more closely than I have, just a little bit baffled as to the opportunity uh, that he's gotten uh, so far in San Antonio. It's, it's obviously a team that uh, is in a rebuilding stage and uh, not actively trying to go out and win a lot of games. And uh, you've got a guy who's a former lottery pick who has obviously uh, a strong pedigree uh, in terms of his basketball and his ability. Uh, to score, I think in Boston he did a lot of things from a defensive perspective that impressed a lot of people. And uh, San Antonio obviously traded for him uh, last year, and he was a part of the Derek White package along with Josh Richardson and maybe some other players or draft picks were uh, involved. But it was just a little strange to me. You know, obviously Romeo has had his fair share of injuries, and uh, I think that was a problem again after he got to San Antonio last year. But I, I was really expecting to see him get a, you know, a, a a large opportunity for minutes this season in San Antonio. You know, a team that's not really trying to make the playoffs. Uh, it feels like he's a guy that, that maybe you put out there for extended minutes and really see what you have. He's a former lottery pick, as I mentioned. So hopefully uh, what happened the other night will maybe be a jump start for him and give him a chance to, to get into a bigger role there. And if not, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if they're not going to play him there, it'd be great to see him go somewhere else where he's going to get maybe a more opportunity uh, to play moving forward because really I mean, he's, he's still only 22 years old. You know, I, I think it's a little bit unfair at this point to label his career as uh, anything but beginning. Uh, he's not had a, like a lot of uh, 
younger players that go uh, in the lottery. You know, he didn't get the chance to go to a bad team uh, and have a you know a chance to play a lot of minutes early on. He went to Boston, and they had uh, you know playoff aspirations every season. So uh, a little bit different for him, but I think moving forward. Um, the biggest thing for him is just getting an opportunity to play, and I hope he gets that regardless of which team he's on. Alex, what is the time frame on when NBA teams make decisions on rosters and make a final cut leading up to the start of the actual regular season? Uh, it'll be before the opening night. I mean, I just saw this morning, uh, you know, I think the season, like I said, starts early next week. I saw this morning a couple teams. Uh, made some cuts uh, with guys. I would think it'd be uh, any time in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm not sure if they have another preseason game to go or not. Uh, San Antonio, they both seem to play four preseason games total. So we should know in the next couple of days. I mean, regardless of whether or not he makes the team in San Antonio, my understanding is his contract this year uh, was picked up as his fourth season, his rookie contract. I think he's set to make something like five or six million this year. It's fully guaranteed. So whether or not San Antonio uh, keeps them on the roster. They own the money, um, and if he were to get cut, I, I would think another team would at least pick him up on the two-way deal or put him in uh, the G League or something like that and give him an opportunity. But hopefully, with the showing that he had the other night, um, he, he uh, gets a chance to be on that roster and get you know maybe a chance to be a, a rotation guy off the bench for them. Absolutely. Uh, and just in case you're wondering, the Spurs play their next preseason game, and I, I believe their final preseason game tonight when they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. They open up the regular season okay. next Wednesday, October 19th, and then they play uh, in Indianapolis on October 21st. They take on the Pacers, so I know a lot of people, uh, Romeo fans, New Albany connections there will be likely making that trip to Indianapolis hoping that he gets some opportunity for that regular season game. Alex Bozich inside the hall is my guest. Alex, one other topic I wanted to bring up today is the Big Ten and a lot of projections out there. You came on last week and were very upfront and honest with us that in the uh, media poll that's unofficial put together by IU, or I should say Big Ten beat writers, you were one of two IU beat writers on that panel. You told us you did not and were not going to put Indiana as your pick for the Big Ten. You were going to go with Illinois. And I saw yesterday CBS Sports uh, wrote that they were barely giving the uh, edge to Illinois over Indiana in their predicted order of finish for the Big Ten Conference. The more I read and talking to guys like you and reading the story from CBS Sports and David Cobb yesterday, the more that this Illinois surgence here uh, as a team to really pay attention to in the Big Ten Conference uh, is legitimate, and they have some really good transfers coming in out of that transfer portal. Yeah, they do. Uh, Terrence Shannon, who's a Chicago kid that played three years at Texas Tech, he's coming into that program. I think he's got a chance to be a first-team All-Big Ten type of player uh, this year, certainly in the mix. If, if he doesn't get first-team, he's going to be a guy that uh, is going to you know, be a factor for them. And Matthew Mayer, um, the transfer from Baylor, was a preseason all-wooden team guy last season, but never really put it all together for them. And uh, he, he gets a, a, ch a change of scenery and probably a little bit more opportunity uh, this year at Illinois. Uh, I think those two guys will, will obviously be major impact guys, but Illinois has got a lot of young players and, and talent coming in uh, via recruiting. I think they've got three or four top 100 kids. They've got Sky Clark, the point guard that, 
you know, I think at one point uh, in Archie Miller's tenure, Indiana recruited him a little bit. He was a Kentucky commit that decided to open it up and was hurt last year, but came back, I think, midway through the year from a knee injury. And I think he's got a chance to be a really good point guard for them. I mean, the thing with Illinois, they obviously have as many question marks as Indiana, but their schedule just sets up so nicely in Big Ten play. They've got a ton of double plays with teams that are projected to finish near or at the bottom of the league. And I think in a year like this, that's going to that's gonna matter quite a bit because you just don't have that clear-cut favorite to win the league. Honestly, I could see any one of five or six teams winning the Big Ten. I think I understand, obviously, why a lot of people are picking Indiana. They return so much production. They've got Trace Jackson Davis back and Race Thompson in the front court. Um, but, you know, they still have questions in terms of their shooting. And uh, even though they are bringing back a lot of talent they were a team last year that barely made it into the ncaa tournament be one thing if this was a clear-cut tournament team last year bringing everybody back and you expect a major leap forward but for me at this point uh, until i actually see it happen it's hard for me to project that so i do think Indiana's going to be a really good team but i'm just not convinced at this point that they deserve to be the preseason pick to win the league good stuff alex bozich inside the hall uh, want to bring up another more general college basketball topic with you today. ACC mm-hmm. Commissioner Phillips yesterday talking about yep. his thoughts that the NCAA tournament needs to be expanded. I know we're in a changing time, it seems, with all the traditions in sports and college football and basketball are up for grabs, and there have already been so many changes and additions to things. But my gut feeling on the NCAA tournament, and I've tried to have a real open mind recently about NIL and the transfer portal and so many different things. But my gut feeling, Alex, is no way on changing the sacred NCAA tournament, at least right now. I'm curious your thoughts on this whole thing. What, what, What could expansion look like, and what are your thoughts on that potential? I would not be a fan of it, uh, just because I was not a fan of the first four uh, concept. Adding more teams uh, just brings, you know, there's, there's already 64. If you can't make it uh, out of, you know, that pool, I just don't necessarily think you deserve to be in there. I get why there's a push from college commissioner or conference commissioners uh, and maybe uh, others to, to expand the field because. You look at these TV deals, there's obviously of tons and tons of money coming in as a result of these games, and the idea, I think, is you add more teams into the tournament, you have more inventory, and all of a sudden the value of your product goes up. But I think it could backfire um, in the sense that for many people, and this doesn't go for the people listening to your show, Matt, or the people in this part of the country, because this is one of the best college basketball markets in the country. I'd say the Louisville market, along with you know North Carolina, uh, you know, are, are as rabid as TV markets as there is for college basketball. But in a lot of places, college basketball is, is a sport that's paid attention to for only a couple weeks uh, of the season, maybe conference tournament time and NCAA tournament time. And all of a sudden, if you make the regular season even more insignificant by letting more teams in, I think that really hurts the product even more from, from a casual fan perspective because you'll have even less people who are tuning into the regular season games. If more teams are let into the tournament, the regular season becomes less meaningful. It's already a struggle uh, for a lot of programs and a lot of conferences. Um, 
that are you know in the middle of the pack in the power leagues or lower tier to get fans to come to games or to care about it or watch the game. Um, what's it going to do if all of a sudden you say instead of 64 we're going to take 128? You know that's, that 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 basically just to me uh, diminishes the regular season even more. We should be as a sport, trying to figure out ways to make the regular season more compelling and draw in more viewership uh, during the regular season. To me, that means keeping the tournament the way it is now and trying to encourage more marquee matchups in the non-conference. I think that is something that could really get people more interested in the sport uh, rather than just trying to throw more teams in there and say, hey, we're going to go to CBS and Turner and say, all of a sudden, we're giving you this many X many more games, how much more money can we get? I think diluting the regular season is a terrible idea, and I think bringing in more teams to the tournament would do just that. Yeah, good stuff. Alex Bozich inside the hall. I agree with you 110% on what you said. It's a great tradition, and just hate to see it tinkered with at this point. I know more changes are coming in college sports. I think we all understand that. In some ways, we're open to that. Uh, Conferences, super conferences, I think it's going to look a lot different five years from now than what it does right now but the NCAA tournament to me and to so many is so sacred and uh, I'd hate to see that tinkered with. Alex Bozich Inside the Hall, InsideTheHall.com at InsideTheHall on Twitter Enjoy League Pass I just subscribed the other day myself hope to catch Romeo and a lot of NBA basketball this year especially uh, up until the start of the college basketball season. It's a good way to get through if you're a basketball nuts like you and I yeah, I mean, and not not that I'm getting a kickback from the NBA in any way for promoting this, but a hundred bucks for league pass is basically, you know, stealing from from the NBA. They've lowered the price, I think, in half this year, and to be able to get access to that many games for that low price. I know the NBA has a ton of games that are broadcast nationally in the regular season, but there's a lot of ice where that maybe there's not something on you want to watch. Be able to throw on a game in the background and be able to. You know, watch the Spurs and Romeo or, you know, some of the other teams around the league that maybe you don't get to see as much on national TV. 100 bucks in these deals. So check it out if you're a basketball fan. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, we'll talk next Thursday. All right, Matt. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with our final segment of the day. Matt Weaver of Pigs.com is going to be with us in the final segment. We'll talk IU football and the game on Saturday against Maryland. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now. Back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, the football writer for Pigs.com, is with us right now. The Thornton's text line is open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Matt, holding out some hope for this Indiana football team as they prepare for a Saturday matchup at home against Maryland. This team is in desperate need of a win. Maryland, a team that I think is somewhat dangerous. Uh, Is this a chance for Indiana to begin to try to right the ship, or is this another very tough game for this Hoosiers football team 
given the position they found themselves in here in recent games? Well, I think it's both. I mean, it's going to be a tough game. Um, Maryland's got a high-powered offense, a, you know, a great passing attack, a lot of athletes on that side of the ball who can make plays. Um, you know, their defense is so-so. It's not the strength of their team. But this is also a chance for Indiana. And this is a team that Indiana has been very competitive with over the years. Um, you know, they've obviously beaten them sometimes. I mean, last year it was probably, other than Michigan State, their best chance at a win um, in the in the Big Ten Conference season. They went up to Maryland and, and you know, really had a chance to win that game. Um, you know, so this is a chance to, uh, you know, obviously snap this losing streak and get losing streak and, uh, you know, get things back on track. But it's going to, you know, they're going to have to play well. I mean, their their defense is going to have to slow down this. All. I don't think they can get to the shootout with Maryland. I don't think you can get to a game where it gets up into the high 30s and 40s. I'm not sure they can uh, they can keep up with their offense. But if you know if they can make some plays on defense and get this offense going, you know, I think they have at least have a shot to you know be in at the end of the fourth quarter and, and you know maybe have get a win. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, our guest. Uh, health update on this team. I know that has been huge for Indiana, really a huge disadvantage for Indiana in recent games. Has there been any developments or updates from Coach Allen and the staff this week? I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear what you said. I said I know injuries have been a big disadvantage oh. to this Indiana team recently. Yeah. Any updates on any of those conditions this week from the staff? Yeah, Cam Jones is going to be out for a while. I mean, they just say, you know, several weeks, so you know, whatever that means. Uh, it sounds like DJ Matthews could be close. Javon Swinton could be close. Um, we spoke to Kevin Wright, the tight ends coach, earlier this week, and he and he indicated that James Bomba could be back this week. Sounds like AJ Barner is probably more of a doubtful, um, just from what they've kind of said. I'm trying to think of who else is uh, injured. Jalen Williams, um, I think he's kind of up in the air. Um, trying to think, other than that, those seem to be the main guys. I think that have been banged up. So, you know, if you can get a James Bomba back, that would help. You know, with some of the tight end and. If you could, uh, um, you know, get DJ Matthews, that would obviously be huge in so many ways. So, and then Javon Swinton gives you some more depth at receiver. So, it sounds like they're starting to get some guys back, but not everybody's going to be back. I don't think. Matt Weaver, Peaks dot com. My guest talking <clears throat> IU Maryland football for this weekend. <clears throat> Matt, to be positive here, um, what does the finish look like for Indiana? Uh, to I don't even know that I can use the word salvage, but to finish with some momentum maybe, or I mean, what do they have to do to, to try to salvage this thing, for lack of better terms? Well, I mean, obviously, you, ideally, you get three more wins and you get to a ball game. But I think at the very least, you, you, you want to at least get a couple more wins and, and at least have some momentum going into the offseason. Um, you know, you don't want to, you, don't want to you know, start out 3-0 and and then, and then lose nine straight. That's obviously less than ideal, so... Try to get a couple wins. I think there are still some games on the schedule where they can they can be competitive and, and they can um, you know they can get some wins. Obviously, you know they made the big change this week with the O line coach, and you know I don't expect Rod Carey's going to be able to come in and work uh, magic and all of a sudden make this a really good O line. But you know I think maybe a different voice. They, they, if they can get some improvement, that will go a long way to helping this team be a lot more competitive and have a chance um, you know to play to, to get some wins here over the last uh, half of the season. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Our best. Any other thoughts on Big Ten Conference football or as the conference race turns for the backside of the season? Anything stand out to you from other teams or topics to pay games to pay attention to as uh, as we move through the, the remainder of the season? 
Well, I mean, I think on the West, I think what's interesting to me is, you know, how does the coaching change at Wisconsin? You know, what does it do for their season? Everybody kind of thought Minnesota might be the favorite over there. Uh, and it's, honestly, it's looking like it might be, you can make an argument, Purdue and Illinois are the two, um, the two maybe the two best teams on in the West Division. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, but they're both kind of there in the mix. And, and you, know, I, you know, that one's kind of more wide open to me than the, than the East where it looks like it's going to come down to Ohio State Michigan. Now, Penn State's got a chance this week to spoil that. I think they go to Michigan uh, on Saturday for a big game. So, obviously, if they can go in there and get a win, that would definitely shake things up. But I think this is an Ohio State-Michigan battle once again for the East. And I would, I would, you know, my prediction is whoever whoever comes out of the East is going to be the Big Ten champion once again, which has pretty much been what it is almost every year. So, um, you know, those are the things that I'm kind of looking at. I mean, can Michigan State turn it around? They're not playing great. Um, you know, so... So those are kind of the storylines I've been kind of following and paying attention to. All right, good stuff. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, with us for an update on IU football. Matt, as always, thanks for the conversation, the chat, and we'll talk with you again next week, I'm sure. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, with us here on this Thursday edition of the program. Yeah, tough situation for IU football. It's been a rough year. Um, There's no question about that. This team uh, to regroup and get a win at home over Maryland, uh, I think, would be big for the program at this point. Rutgers coming up next. That's a game in New Jersey the following weekend, then a bye week for Indiana, which it sounds like with injuries and other things is much needed. And then the rest of the way for Indiana, let's just say from November on, Penn State in Bloomington, Ohio State on the road, Michigan State on the road, and Purdue at home to close out the regular season. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, tough, tough games. And Purdue, up and down, but a big rivalry game and an important game to finish the season. So I'll be curious to see, can Indiana do anything crazy or special? Can they regroup somehow? But uh, with each week that passes, I know fans get more and more frustrated with this team and are more and more ready for basketball season as we start to head in that direction as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think the next couple of weeks with uh, Maryland and Rutgers are reasonable games. Indiana's not going to be the favorite to win either of those games, but if they're going to get a W or two in advance of Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, that trio of games, they need to make it happen here very soon. So uh, key weeks coming up for a season. Try not to lose it further than what it's been lost, but it's definitely been a tough year for the Hoosiers who sit at 3-3 three and three right now. Keep in mind, I went over Illinois back in early September and then over Idaho and, and Western Kentucky uh, just a few weeks ago. This team was 3-0 and on the season heading into the big challenge at Cincinnati. So uh, we'll see what happens. But Indiana football, tough, tough situation here as they look to close out the year over the next number of weeks. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and really anywhere you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Uh, high school football coming up on Friday night, New Albany Floyd Central. We'll have more on that game tomorrow. Providence North Harrison is a good one as well. And uh, we'll have a big show Friday to wrap up the week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.